This is Called by God, stories of ordained women in the Anglican Diocese of Grafton. I'm Reverend Cathy Ridd and welcome. Today I'm in conversation with the Venerable Gail Hagen. Gail, thank you so much for talking with me. I'd like to begin by asking you to share with me how it was when you began to respond to God's call to ordained ministry. Do you know the Diana Ross song, Do You Know Where You're Going To? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I certainly didn't. Ordination was not on my radar. Many years ago when I left school, I went to see a vocation officer and they told me that my skill sets lay in social justice, uh, caring for people, um, inequalities, naming them, those sorts of things. So what did I do? I left school and entered into a cadetship in business. <laughs> uh, when I'd completed the cadetship in business, I left New Zealand and went on a working holiday to UK. And um, while I was in the UK, made some, you know, connections that had been part of my previous early life there. Um, But while I was there, what did I do? I worked in finance. (laughs) Came back to Australia and started working as an understudy to the accountant. (laughs) So all these things that I was passionate about were sort of shelved. And then I met Mark and married Mark and we decided that we'd like to be like Tom and Barbara Good from The Good Life on TV. So we bought 40 acres and and made up a little alternate lifestyle there. But we also knew that we wanted God to be part of our lives. God had been part of both of our lives. And so we decided that we would commit to a faith community. And little did we know what that <laughs> commitment would entail. Um, but I became more and more involved in the life of the church and as I did, people would say to me things like, so have you ever thought of ordination? And like many people, I would laugh and say, no, no, no that's not for me. Um, but eventually uh, I would go to church and have this sense that God was calling me to do something, but I wasn't quite sure what. And eventually I went to a Seeker's Day, Casillo, all of those things, and my mentor at the end said, will you please just stop fighting God and test where God is calling you to be? And so Mark and I decided that we would, uh, you know, do a little retreat at home, And uh, the second night, Mark woke me up about two o'clock in the morning and said, darling, it is to the priesthood you're being called and I will do everything I can to support you. Uh, He promptly went back to sleep. I laid there having heart palpitations (laughs) for the rest of the night. But I did enter the process and for me it was confirmed unanimously. So... A long journey, when you look back, you can see lots of threads that aren't named in this interview, but form the picture. Yep. What was challenging and what was life-giving as you started to respond to God's call? 
challenges. I think the biggest one for me originally was here was I, young mum, going from nursery rhymes and fairy stories to enter in, back into theological study. How do you balance being wife, mother, working, studying, discerning call? Um, time, the time that that took to get all of those things into some kind of balance was a huge challenge. Um, as much as I had this growing sense that God indeed was calling me, there was this love-hate relationship that I had with the institution church. Um, yeah. some, of their, some of the church's views at the time um, could have easily convinced me that I was a heretic. <laughs> they, they were the challenges and I think for me uh, because I am passionate about social justice and uh, I had to learn when to keep my mouth shut as opposed to come out with both guns blazing. They were probably some of the initial challenges. And just just um, what year was it that this all you were starting this whole process? Uh, uh, early 1990s. Um, <clears throat> And then um, life-giving, discovering there were other people that thought like me out there. Uh, people who were creative, <laughs> use of uh, inclusive language, people who were passionate about uh, finding a place for all people and, and not just for a select sum. Um, that, that was very life-giving for me. So you talked about how supportive Mark was and what a wonderful partnership. Who else were you big supporters? Obviously, we've named Mark and he's been, I would have to say he's been the one that has been there when the church has bruised me and crushed me as well as through those high periods. And I'd put my children in that same category. You know, they've been angered uh, at the church and by some of her policies and... Um, why do you stay in such an organisation like this, Mum? Um, and yet they have supported me and believed in me and allowed me to take this journey in a way that's done with integrity. I would have to say, here's another song, Cathy, to Sir With Love. Brian Hughes was my mentor and uh, he took me from the crayons to the perfume of theology and pushed me every single step of the way. He was fabulous with a red pen when he was looking at my assignments and things like that and would often say, do you really believe that? Um, he challenged me to grow and that was a wonderful gift. Um, so I would put him in there. Um, our bishop at the time, Bishop Bruce and his dear wife Jan, I don't think that people nowadays would appreciate the support that he and his wife gave both openly and behind the scenes and he modelled for me um, holding that diversity in unity. Um, I have a great deal of respect for his role in that. Again, without the love, the support, kick in the pants, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> <Can you> say <laughs> that? Of the parish of South Grafton. Mm -hmm. um, they were absolutely incredible in my faith journey and their, their prayers, uh, their challenges, their care of me and my family, uh, it would be, yeah, they would be up there in my, with my biggest supporters. 
Now a question about today. And I wonder what you think are the biggest challenges for ordained women in the Anglican Church of Australia today? Kathy, that's an interesting one. <laughs> and on a given day, I'm sure I'd answer it in different ways. Um, I think as a preface to that, I'd like to say, you know, we're all shaped, I think, by certain passages of Scripture. And so for me, love of God and love of neighbour uh, is about the heart of relationship alongside the Micah 6-8 quote. Um, I think it's not just women, it's the whole church who has to get serious about how we are living that out in our communities with integrity. And so for me it's not, not just about being a woman, it's about being called by God to show that. So I'd like to make that distinction at the beginning because I think as women we can be seduced into spending so much time and energy on things that we should just get on with and, and do. Um, and that was highlighted for me just recently because I was in a group with a very uh, eclectic group and a lot of males were in that group and um, we were talking about the relevance of the church in the future and one of the males said that there'll be no relevance because what the church offers is not relevant to this current generation uh, of people coming through and the conversation then went to spirituality, language, imagery, um, how we portray ourselves. And so I think whether we're male or female, I think that is a huge um, issue for us all. And so I would want to say to women, remember what really is at the base of your calling for me, love God, love neighbour and the marker 6 eight. However, speaking as a, a priest who is a woman, I'm frustrated by the, in the fact that in a number of settings in Australia, we are losing our femininity or the feminine expression of who we are. Hence, we no longer use the word heroine. Uh, we revert to hero or actress. We revert to actor. Um, and it... That for me is a problem in itself in wider society. And then when people come to church and they only hear the stories of Abraham and not Abraham and Sarah, um, it compounds the fact that women are displaced. Um, it's the give us a voice and we heard, you know, um, and then we seen. Statistics show us in the UK and uh, in America, that increasingly there are more women now who have low sense of uh, self-worth, self-esteem, more women suffering from anxiety, depression, not knowing who they are and where they belong. And I think unless the church gets serious about raising the status of equal um, to women, so I'm not denying the voice of men, but to bringing some equality in that, we're adding to the problem in society. Um, and so I would want to encourage all priests to, to take that matter seriously and to address it in whatever way they can that's life-giving to the community of faith that they represent. 
back to the music scene for a moment. You can tell I like music, <laughs> eclectic taste too. Bob Dylan, the times they are are changing. They are changing. We've become very strongly conservative, more conservative about some issues. Um, we've become stronger about drawing lines in the sand about who's in and who's out. That's not my understanding of God. And I think that um, we as priests, women priests, uh, need to address that. We need to make sure that we are actually uh, living out what we proclaim. People, um, all people have a place in the kingdom of God, regardless of gender, sexuality, um, cultural background, economic background. Um, I think if we are not careful, we can find ourselves going backwards instead of uh, forward. Um, and for me, um, that's a serious issue. I wouldn't want to lose any steps that we've taken in moving forward. Um, and in that same basket, I would put tokenism. Don't be seduced by tokenism. Oh, she's a woman, we'll put her on the committee. You need to be there because you have a gift. Um, and regardless of your gender, you are there because of the gifts and because God has called you. I think we need to persevere uh, with bringing our gifts to the table and sharing them equally. Forget the gender stuff. This is about building up the kingdom of God here on earth. Or the realm of God is a better word for me than kingdom. We need to find our voices on these issues. I guess I would say to uh, priests, women priests going through the process now, please do not rest on your laurels. We are on a journey. What gives you joy? in your ministry? Answering God's call has um, been a challenge <laughs> and at times a very, um, yeah, very frustrating and painful, but that is balanced with this enormous sense of joy that I have been where God has called me to be. And, and that's an abundant joy. Um, so I think I'd probably start there. That's one of the joys. Um, it's a joy for me to to watch someone grow in their faith or, aha, I've got it, you know, those kind of explosive moments where something gels for someone, not necessarily because of something that I've done or said, it's gelled for them because it shows me that they're on the journey. That's a great joy. I think there's the obvious joys of being with people through uh, such profound and significant moments in their life. That's a joy. Gail, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Next week, I'll be in conversation with diocesan archdeacon Tiffany Sparks. So join me then. Called by God is produced in the Diocese of Grafton as part of the celebration to mark the 30th anniversary of the ordination of women in the diocese. Produced and edited by the Reverend Kathy Ridd, copyright 2023.